0: I'm sure we've all had the experience of being introduced to someone, uh, maybe a a friend of a friend, or a a friend's boyfriend or girlfriend, or whatever it is. And um, obviously, when you meet someone for the first time, you're scanning. You know, you're kind of, you're very attentive to everything. You do a quick check for the clothes. You know, and if they're wearing a nice suit with a Casio watch, okay, there's. Okay, then, yeah, the, the, the suit isn't a regular thing. It's, they're just going to make a good impression. Okay, fair play. Um, you know, yeah, you're, 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 you're watching everything very, very closely, obviously. You're getting to know someone, so you're trying to work out who they actually are. Um, and one thing which uh, I think we as Irish people, one thing which we find really unlikable, <laughs> sorry if I phrase it that way, but one thing we find really difficult, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we meet someone who we think is cocky, who we think is arrogant, full of themselves, we just find it really, really repulsive. Uh, I, I don't see anyone disagreeing with me anyway. I, but, but it's just like, you know, if someone comes, if, if we'd, we'd, we'd prefer to meet someone who's a, maybe a little shy and reserved rather than someone who's like, hey, how are you doing? I totally got this under control. Hey, I'm, you know, we, who do you think you are? You just arrived. <laughs> You know what I mean so that there's something in us I don't know I don't know um we, we won't go into the history of our country but uh, but, but it might have been because you know if, if when we were if we were under you know nobles and um <laughs> rich people that kind of thing they had an air of confidence but no nobility of heart right so they would have been uh we'll say wealthy and influential but not they didn't exactly treat us well so maybe this is kind of I don't know maybe it's just kind of it's in our culture to kind of push back against that kind of thing, to push back against against kind of arrogance. And yet, there there is something there is something true about that. In that, if even to use the, the expression that we use in Ireland, I'm not sure if they say this. In, I'm not sure if you say this in America, but if we if we say someone is full of themselves, do you say that? I don't think so. Do you? Yeah. Uh, to say someone is full of themselves, it's 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 really not a compliment. <laughs> They are full of themselves. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's something that, as I say, we, just, we really dislike. But there's something about this, which I think that there is, as I say, uh, kind of, if you will, an element of truth or something good in this. Because there is a real problem with being full of yourself. Because if you're full of yourself, what can't you be full of? <laughs> Anything else. Right? If you're full of yourself... Then there's no room for God. If you're full of yourself, there's no room to even learn, because there's, you're already, you're, you know, you're already kind of so kind of walled off and blocked off and kind of confident in yourself that you need nothing and no one. And that's that's actually that's a, a really dangerous place to be and an awful place to be because you will never grow. You'll never grow in virtue, and you'll never grow into the saint that God is calling you to be because you're already full of yourself. You don't need to change. You know so it's being kind of full of yourself, being arrogant' it's it's, it's, a, it's a version of pride really so that kind of pride it stops us from growing this this uh gospel of the vine and the branches, I think I don't know maybe when we heard this when we were children it sounded lovely you know this this Vine dresser, kind of skipping through his little vineyard, and he's pruning away, and pruning here, and pruning there. and We are oh, not lovely. And then he makes you know, more grapes. Whoopie doo It's lovely. Uh, we kind of forget we're the ones getting pruned. You and I, we're getting bits cutting cut off us, <laughs> right? So the whole pruning process is is painful. Do you know, this isn't this isn't pleasant stuff. This is necessary, and it's very, very, very good. But it is not easy and it's not pleasant but it is good it is right and it is being being conducted by a divine hand who knows what he's doing so i am the vine you are the branches whoever remains in me with me and him bears fruit in plenty cut off from me you can do nothing and I that we can't underline that word enough it's not cut off from me you could, there's a share of things you can do but maybe you know i'll get you over the line i'll get you the last two percent or something cut off from me you can't do anything so if you're full of yourself then the fruit you're trying to bear what you're trying to do in your life is all fruit of your own uh, ability and, and limited knowledge and limited control instead of allowing God to do his thing through you now this is relevant to everyone by the way not just priests and religious or those who kind of you know, work in, in religious circles uh, all of us in our various ways of life working in offices kitchens at home retired whatever it is, all of us are called to, to continue to bear fruit by remaining attached to the vine now we don't have to do that as such consciously because I, I don't think we can you know if you're if you're busy working in the kitchen and there's 100 people to feed, I mean, your, your mind is on the pots and pans and the gas and the frying pans and the plates coming in and the service area and keeping it clean and keeping the skins off the floor. And, you know, your mind is on all sorts of things, not on I am the vine and you are the branches. You know, understandably, because if you wander off into a meditation in the middle of a carbonara, like it, it, it ends up a bit black. Uh, so, so we do have to kind of focus on, 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 our, on our jobs um but the lord is is asking us though and i think this this must be conscious that on a daily basis we recognize lord that you are god and i'm not and i need you and i must remain connected to you i must remain connected to you i must remain attached to you and I, I do that through prayer i do that through the, this raising of the mind and heart to god in order to be filled with him because i'm not filled with him i'll be full of myself and we don't need that. We have, we have enough of those in the world. And we, we, we have enough of those struggles with that ourselves. So this this, this process of being emptied of ourselves, um, yeah, I can't think of a better theological word. It's manky. It's hard. It's hard being emptied of yourself. It's hard. But I was, as I was thinking about this this morning, um, it, I was just just imagining a few just so different scenarios and situations different things that have, that have happened in my own life and if you've ever noticed whenever you get whenever something gets taken away from you so it might be a person you know a, a time of bereavement or it might be uh, some some kind of ability or skill or talent that you relied on it was kind of it kind of it kind of it identified you it was your identity you know you're the the pretty one the fast one the athletic one the the intelligent one the successful one so you relied on these things and then maybe due to old age or sickness or whatever it is, or just failure or just mistakes, those things get taken away from you, right? That experience, th- those experiences of, of, of pruning, they are hard and they can be, they can be absolutely shattering because if, if you built your identity on, I'm the pretty one, I'm the uh, successful one, I'm the rich one, I'm the, the good business person. If I build my identity on that, when that's taken away, now you're in free fall. What are you holding on to? wait, what, what, what do you grab onto for security? You're just, your whole world is just collapsing. You know, so it, it, these things can be really, really difficult. And, and I was thinking, I, I, as, as I was thinking of this, I could even feel my body starting to do this. You know the way, when things start to get pruned off you, you start to kind of curl up. You start to kind of self-defend. You know, you start to kind of get into a, this kind of safe position, right? And then I thought, isn't that the wrong reaction? That when things get pruned off us, when things get taken away from us, we close up. And then the psalm came to mind. Psalm 130, we pray it often in the breviary. I prefer the translation that we have in the breviary, but I'll, I'll read this one. So in our misery, in our loss, in our, in our difficulty, in our cross, right? what should our reaction be? Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my call. If you, O Lord, should mark our guilt, Lord, who would survive? But with you there is forgiveness, and for this we revere you. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and I put my hope in his word. My soul waits for the Lord more eagerly than watchmen wait for the dawn. More eagerly than watchmen wait for the dawn, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with him is unfailing love and power to bring full deliverance. So in our, in our, in our, in our crosses, as I said, there's there's just this tendency for us to drop our gaze, to look down to look inward and again it's understandable like you've just been you've just been hurt so the 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 tendency is to start to look inwards to start to gaze inwards and want consolation uh, to console ourselves to want consolation of others but the lord is asking us if this has been pruned from you if this has been taken from you lift your gaze Raise your eyes to heaven and call on the Lord. So now, this this gap, this 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 relationship or this success or whatever it is that has been taken from your heart, what are you going to fill that gap with? Because if we start to just gaze at it and gaze inwardly, uh, then we're just going to fill it with ourselves. Whereas if we if we can react this way that, that 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 we lift our gaze. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. We look upwards. We gaze on him. And we ask him to make up for what lacks in us. We ask him to, to fill those those holes, those uh, wounds that 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 have been left in our hearts due to life. because now if we do that then that pruning causes us to become even more like the lord and even more filled with him and even more reliant on him and that's a good place to be it's it's not it's not easy it's not easy and I, we don't wish these things on anyone but life life is what it is and bereavement and sickness and loss the, these things will happen so what's our reaction like how do we how do we cope raise your gaze raise your gaze raise your eyes to heaven and call on the lord now this isn't a magic solution by the way it's not like you do it and instantly everything is better it's a it's like any kind of a healing process it takes time it takes time you break a bone, you just have to kind of strap it up, stop moving it, and, and let, it, let it heal in the right environment, if you will. When our hearts are hurt, we raise our gaze to the Lord, but, but this isn't the case of one pilgrimage or, or one rosary or one holy hour. We keep our eyes focused on him. And if, if we can do that, then every cross and every adversity and every difficulty actually starts to draw us to the lord now imagine this whole scene from the enemy's perspective who wants the cross and sickness and failure to divide us from god so when you get sick or when someone dies in your life the enemy will say ha see that you call god a loving father and see he's after taking these people out of your life and see how they suffered god isn't good he generally won't deny that god exists but he will say he will definitely argue that god is not good or god wasn't there for you god didn't hear you you prayed and the person died anyway God isn't good. God doesn't listen. And then in that, in that kind of temptation, in that darkness, in that adversity, in that just, this kind of this, this loss, this, this, this darkness that you find yourself in, you choose to raise your gaze to heaven and call on the Lord. Now something very different is happening in your heart. Because now every temptation from the enemy actually causes you to pray all the more deeply. Every temptation actually causes you to grip on to the vine and draw life from him. So now every temptation actually serves God. See how that works? How it actually, these things, and the enemy ends up serving God if we react by calling on the Lord. And if that's my life, then I don't have anything to fear. Then I don't have to be afraid of illness. I don't have to be afraid of people I love dying. I don't have to be afraid of failure I don't have to be afraid of, of illness. I don't have to be afraid of my own inability. Because everything that, that's difficult causes me to raise my eyes to heaven. And there I call on the Lord, and with him I lack nothing. So we ask the Lord today that we might live this reality of, of Jesus being the vine and we being the branches, that he wants to give us everything we need and that's, that's not humiliating for us. That's a great thing, that's a wonderful thing, that God Almighty, creator of all things, wants to assist me today, wants to give me everything I need today, wants to carry me through today. If I would just stop fighting him, then maybe I might experience that, that fatherly hand guiding me through. So we ask Saint Bridget of Sweden to, to intercede and pray for us that we might know the Lord's consolation and that in these moments of, of darkness, you know, as, as Sam says, wait on the Lord. Wait on him. These things aren't immediate. You know, we pray, it's not like everything disappears. Wait on the Lord with your eyes, your gaze focused firmly on him. If you remain in me. And my words remain in you. You may ask what you will, and you shall get it. It is to the glory of my Father that you should bear much fruit. And then you will be my disciples. Amen.